Um, I'm a youth worker and I realise that you've been sat down listening to people for a little while and seen as Rebecca brought up crisps, why don't you turn to the person next to you and tell them your favourite flavour of crisps. Go. Brilliant. Okay, back in the room, everybody. Stop dreaming of Walkers and Munster Munch and Doritos. I have to say, my favourite flavour is either salt and vinegar Pringles or chili heatwave Doritos. All about the chili heatwave Doritos. Um, this morning, I want to talk to you about perspective. It's come up, it should come up on the screen. The word perspective. Um, I grew up in a place called Liverpool. I hope you can tell by my accent. Come on the Reds today. Um, that's the last mention, I promise. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, and just outside of Liverpool is a town called Runcorn. And Runcorn is famous for the Runcorn Bridge. And it looks like this. It's kind of a poor man's version of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. <laughs> and actually, it looks quite nice on that photo. But it's really not. It's in Runcorn. <laughs> Runcorn's a little bit like Wolverhampton. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> We used to love, I used to love going across the Runcorn Bridge. We used to play games in the car, try and hold your breath as you went across it. It was a nightmare if there was traffic. Um, <laughs> and I always used to, and I didn't always used to talk about it, that's a lie. Um, but me and my wife, when we were dating, Laura lived in London and I was living in Manchester. So I would travel down uh, to London a lot of weekends. Uh, and just as you come off the M40 going into West London, there's a standard normal motorway bridge, but it's got the same coloured steel that is on the Runcorn Bridge. And uh, I used to refer to it as the Runcorn Bridge. And uh, I would call Laura when I got to the version of the Runcorn Bridge and would say, I'm nearly there, put the kettle on. Um, and Laura used to see the bridge and I'd go, oh, that's what I call the Runcorn Bridge. And then a couple of years ago, Laura was off visiting some friends and she's texted me this picture. Did she come up? This picture. And she said, guess where I am? <laughs> and I was like, love, I've got no idea. Like, may, may, maybe the... M6, like maybe a service aid, I don't know. And she said, I'm at the Runcorn Bridge. And I was like, babe, you're really not at the Runcorn Bridge. <laughs> and it's because Laura had never experienced the Runcorn Bridge for herself. And she had this small idea of what the Runcorn Bridge was. She had a, in a, an idea that it was a small standard motorway bridge, when actually it was much more grander than that. And actually, I think when we have a perspective of God, often our perspective of God can be that, it's, that God is small, that God is irrelevant. You know, Stephen Fry's video, when I, when I watched Stephen Fry's video, I thought, he has got a perspective of God, of a God that doesn't exist. And I think often, when, when we think about God, we've got to think about the Runcorn Bridge. <laughs> Not lime green steel, but actually it's much bigger than we could ever think or imagine. And God is much, much bigger. And I want us to look at perspective this morning. And to help us do that, I want to look at something that is very, very controversial. I love a bit of controversy. And I'm going to show you a picture that is so controversial that we have never shown it in church before. It is so controversial that it will split friendships, that it may even divide your family. It is this picture, the dress. <laughs> Six weeks ago, this dress broke the internet. 
because people see different colours. Hands up if you see a white and gold dress. Hands up if you see a black and blue dress. I know. It is, it is absolutely mind-blowing. Look, everyone's lost. It, honestly, come on, everyone, back with me. I'm going home. <laughs> it absolutely split opinion. When it came out, when it came out five or six weeks ago, it, it, it kind of appeared on a Friday morning, Thursday night. And that Friday at our youth club in the hub, young people were coming up to me going, black and blue or white and gold. And I was like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Genuinely, it wound me up. And I thought I might have a go at trying to explain the science, and then I realised I wasn't that clever. Um, so, take a look at this video. This explains some of the science behind it. This is very obviously white and gold. I, it's blue. It's obviously blue. I, I cannot see blue anywhere in that dress. I don't even know how you could see blue. It's, it's all coming at me fast. It's too, a trust fact me. that you're it's smarter if you see it in black and blue. If you are seeing white and gold. Where are you looking at? I, I oh, it just changed to white and gold. <laughs> Wait, no, you're kidding. <laughs> This lace bodycon dress has divided the world and threatened to break the internet. Millions have weighed in on what color they see the dress, with around 70% seeing white and gold and the rest seeing black and blue. And yes, the dress is black and blue. But how is it possible we're all seeing it in two completely different ways? Are people lying? Have we gone mad? We decided to talk with someone who looks at color all day. When I, when, I, when I look at the real dress, uh, of course it's black and blue, but the picture that's been circulating is not A, as has the same contrast. And that tells me that there was some kind of a light that was hitting the dress. And that light quality is a very warm light. What we are really looking at it is the light that's reflecting off of, off of, off of the blacks and the blues. This is the kind of thing that we constantly deal with in color. Okay, so it is about the color of the light, but how do different minds interpret the light differently? We still weren't satisfied. So we decided to venture out to UCLA's neuroscience department. I think it's much more likely perception, which is actually to do with the brain. Our brain is really good at filling in information that's not actually there. And so the brain is, based on, is basing what it sees on its own interpretation of the image. Okay, and if, you, if your brain thinks, I guess, that um, this dress should be white and gold based on its interpretation of the picture itself, the lighting, the conditions that the picture's being viewed in, it's gonna build that, that image as white and gold. It goes back to the, the optical illusion issue. You expect the square that looks lighter to be lighter because it's in the pattern where it should be lighter. You can cut the squares out and put them next to each other and show you that they are in fact the same color. But in context, your brain is taking that image and it's making sense of it. Everybody's reality is different. I mean, so understanding that what you see is not necessarily what your neighbor sees, I think this is a really good example of that. And so people, I guess the Latin phrase is de gustibus non est disputandum. There's no accounting for taste. Well, in this case, there's no accounting for color. It's absolutely mind-blowing, isn't it? Has that, has that blown some people's minds this morning? It's a little bit early for that kind of science. But the interesting thing is, is no matter what you see, whether you see white and gold, which is the correct colour to see in the photo, or you see 
All you see are black and blue. The facts do not change. The dress is the same colour. It's just a light around it reflecting makes you see a different colour. And I want to suggest that no matter your perspective on God this morning, the facts of God do not change. And we're going to use a story in the Bible um, to help us understand that a little bit more. And it's a story about Zacchaeus, his great name, if you've got a Scouse accent, Zacchaeus. Um, <laughs> and you can find it in the book of Luke. Luke is kind of like a biography of Jesus. Uh, it's one of the Gospels, if you've heard of those. And it comes in Luke 19, and it says this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And I want to pull out um, four points uh, from that story. And the first point is that Zacchaeus appears to have everything. He was a wealthy man. That's what the story tells us. He was a man of position. He was successful. He was a tax collector. He had tons and tons of money. He had made it in that culture's eyes and in our culture's eyes. You know, the amount of adverts that we see that that are short-term loans, you can have this money for this this amount of interest, or if you buy this product, your life will be better. If you spray yourself with links, thousands of girls will come crawling over the hills to come. That's my experience anyway of of links. (laughs) I don't know about you, to come and visit you. He was a wealthy man. People looked at him and thought he had everything. He was successful, but there was something missing for him. There's a reason why he came to see Jesus. Um, It's interesting, I think that's uh, about in our culture as well. Um, I've seen this uh, on the front of a magazine a number of years ago. Uh, It should come up on the screen. It was a Victoria Beckham. She said, fame left me feeling emptier than ever. This is a woman who was one of five of the most famous girls in the 90s. She was part of the Spice Girls, really successful girl band. She is married to David Beckham. Oh, who wouldn't want to be married to David Beckham? (laughs) He is the most famous footballer. He is incredibly good looking. He is, and like, yet fame leaves her feeling emptier than ever. Robbie Williams, who's a member of Take That, who I've been to see live more than once. Um, <laughs> I'm actually on their, their reunion tour video. Fact. Come and see me later, I'll tell you when. <laughs> Robbie Williams said this, I've come to the conclusion of how much do I actually need. All this success and all the money didn't make me happy and hasn't made me happy. I was thinking I could give it away. I'll have it, Robbie. <laughs> It's amazing, isn't it? You would think that these people have got it all, but yeah, they're missing something. And this is what Zacchaeus is is in a place. He has got everything, but he knows he's missing something. That's why he comes to see who Jesus is. The second point is that Jesus meets him in his weakness. The, The very place that he finds himself in a tree is the exact place where Jesus comes and meets him. You see, he literally has got everything, but he comes up short. 
literally. And I wonder, why didn't he push his way to the front? You see, Zacchaeus was clearly very comfortable with ripping people off, didn't seem to really care what other people thought, would have had a high opinion of himself. Like when we take photographs, we say tall people at the back, short people at the front. Why didn't Zacchaeus say, I'm going to make my way to the front, move through, I'm short, I can't get through, you need, to, you need to move. Why didn't he go to the front? I wonder if he didn't feel good enough to be at the front. Maybe he thought, I rip people off, I've got loads of money, my life's a little bit messed up. I don't think I deserve to be front row of the Jesus show when he comes to town. So he goes and climbs a tree. I think sometimes when we think about God, when we think about church, we think, do you know what? I'm not good enough to be there. I'm not good enough to go and hear about God or I'm not good enough to, to maybe even think about becoming a Christian because I've got too much stuff to deal with. And we say, oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll think about God but when I've sorted a few things out. And I think Jesus isn't like that. Jesus goes to the place that he is. In his weakness, he's in a tree. He's in a tree because it's short. And Jesus goes, I'll go and meet him there. You know, James shared about when he was at the lowest, low point of his life. That was where Jesus met him. In the Bible, there's an incredible moment where Jesus uh, meets with a woman at a well. The reason she's at the well in the middle of the day is because she's shamed by her community. And yet that's where Jesus meets her. Jesus meets us in our weakness. In the things that we think, I could never follow Jesus because of this, that's exactly where Jesus meets us. Whether it's down to eating a packet of crisps or much worse, Jesus meets us in our weakness and that's what he does with Zacchaeus. And you know, you might think to yourself, ah, you know, I'm not a Christian, I'm not really sure what I believe, or you might be really anti-God, or you might be of another faith, I don't know. And what we want to say is you are totally welcome here come and climb a tree, come and have a look, come and get a bit of perspective. There is no pressure here. Nobody's going to be standing on the, on the door on the way out with a Bible ready to have a, have a theological argument with you. We just want to welcome you and say, come, have a look, come and get a perspective. You're so welcome to be with us this morning. Number three, Jesus surprises him. Imagine the panic when Zacchaeus phoned his wife. Now, I know they didn't have phones then, but imagine he phoned his wife. Hi, love. Yeah, you know that Jesus fella? Yeah, you know, you know, saviour of the world, son of God, Messiah. Yeah, that's the one. Well, he's coming to ours for tea. Imagine that panic, right? I know, in our house, the most cleaning that we ever get done is the half an hour before someone comes round. It is, it is like a military operation. You take the lounge, I'll tidy the kitchen. Whoever finishes first, you do the hoovering. Like... It is how it works, isn't it? Imagine the panic. She's phoning her mother-in-law saying, can we have some volivants and quiche? Like, you must have a lasagna in the freezer. Like, there must have been absolute panic. And she, the last thing that Zacchaeus expected when he climbed that tree was for Jesus to say, I want to come and have a meal with you. And what I think is incredible is Jesus says to Zacchaeus, I don't want to stand from afar and tell you what you should or shouldn't be doing. I want to come to your house and I want to get to know you. I want to have a meal with you. Meal, having a meal with someone is so significant. You're sharing a meal. You're sharing your life together. Jesus says, I want to have a relationship with you. These guys who are getting baptized today aren't signing on the dotted line for a religion. They are signing on the dotted line and saying, I'm in a relationship with the king of the world and it has transformed my life. You know, Jesus says, I want to get to know you. And we've got a great opportunity for you to come and 
have a meal with Jesus. Forgive me if that sounds corny. Um, but we do Alpha. Um, we, you've seen it in the, in the church news video. Um, it's on Monday evenings, 7.30, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. There's a, there's a meal as part of it. It's a great opportunity to get to know some people, build some new relationships. I know the people that have been on Alpha would say that's exactly what happened. They got free great food, um, and they got to know some people, and it gives you a chance to get a perspective on God. And if you're interested in that, we've got some flyers uh, that will be given out on the way out as you leave. So please do grab one. And if you are a Christian, grab one and invite a friend. And why not climb the tree with them and help them up the tree? Point number four, everything fades into insignificance insignificance when Zacchaeus meets Jesus. You see, he has a meal with Jesus. Jesus comes to his house. And then Zacchaeus goes, I'm going to give half of my possessions away. And anyone I've ripped off, I'm going to give back four times the amount. See, suddenly, as an encounter with Jesus, the fame, the power, the success, the money, the wealth doesn't matter anymore. And he goes, I'm going to give it all. I'm going to follow you. Because let me tell you, there is nothing like knowing Jesus. Um, And Zacchaeus may have thought his life was all right before then. But then when he meets Jesus, it changes everything. You know, I remember when uh, Sky went to be in Sky Digital back in the dark ages. And, you know, I remember the first time there was digital TV and a digital uh, football match was shown. It was Arsenal Man United. And I remember being really excited to see the new, you know, how, how, quali- how much quality there was going to be in the, in the picture. And I remember watching it going, wow, the pitch looks like a carpet. It feels like I'm actually there. And then I got a HD TV. And now I watch Sky in HD. And if you showed me that picture that I watched all those years ago that I was impressed with, I'd be like, that's a rubbish, that's rubbish quality. That is absolute rubbish. And you know, knowing Jesus is the difference between standard definition and high definition. It's that once you move to high definition, you look back and you go, why did I ever live like that? How could I ever live without Jesus? It annoys me when TV programs aren't in HD anymore. I'm like, how can you not put it in HD in this day and age? We've all got HD TVs. Like, why not, why not just put it all in HD? <laughs> it's, I get angry about it as well. <laughs> but it's because I don't want to go back to the standard definition. And I think when Zacchaeus meets Jesus, he goes, my life has been transformed. I don't care about the power and the wealth anymore. It's not important. And it all starts with perspective. Zacchaeus got himself to a point where he could get perspective on who Jesus is. And it might be that you've been a, a Christian for, for a while and, and there might be certain situations that are, are affecting your perspective. It might be that you feel like you've lost a bit of perspective of who Jesus is. You know, the dress it was all about the light in the background. Perhaps the light in the background has, has changed and your perspective on life is, is beginning to change a little bit. You know, that doesn't change the facts of who God is. A number of years ago, I... Um, went uh, to the northeast to be part of a kind of mission project because the Geordies need Jesus as well. And uh, we turned up to this uh, church in Chesterley Street and we were a bunch of young adults ready to go and clean gardens and pick up poo for Jesus. And we turned up and uh, it turned out that one of the ladies who was involved with the project had been in a freak accident the day before and had died. And this church was in mourning and we didn't know what to do. Um, and we kind of chatted about it and we're like trying to work out whether we should carry on with the project and then the leader of the church gathered us all together and she said we're going to go ahead with the project 
Because yesterday, God was good. Today, God is good. And tomorrow, God is good. You see, our circumstances don't affect how, God, how good God is. That happened nearly 10 years ago, and it is, it's been a story that I've kept close to my heart for many years because it just shows me that no matter what is going on, God is still good. You know, you might have messed up. You might be coming here with all sorts of guilt this morning. You need to know that God still loves you. You might have lost your job. You might be struggling with finance. You need to know that God is still your provider and God can still meet all your needs. You might be facing all sorts of breakdown of relationships. You might be facing exams. You might be facing pressure at work. You need to know that God still has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I love that Zacchaeus got himself in the way of Jesus. He finds a way to go, I'm going to climb a tree. I'm going to get a perspective on who this Jesus is. And it might be this, that you're going into some tough situations this week. It might be that you are facing some difficult circumstances. I want to suggest that maybe you could climb a tree. Not literally. Do you know, sorry boss, I'll be back in five minutes. Just got to go in the garden. You're not going to get a tree break. Um, but could you maybe go, I want to get a bit of perspective here. Maybe take a moment to go, God, what are you doing? You know, I'm quite a passionate football fan and when my team lost to Man United a couple of weeks ago I was pretty angry and I stormed out the house with the dog and for a walk because I knew I needed perspective I was wound up and I was like I need perspective on how important this really is or isn't so I went for a walk I climbed I didn't literally climb a tree but I spent a bit of time going god I'm sorry for getting so wound up there that was irrelevant and we get, we get perspective and taking that time to get perspective and get yourself in the way of Jesus. If you're not a Christian and perhaps you want to ask some questions, get yourself in the way of Jesus. Why not come to church again or sign up for Alpha? You know, if you're a Christian, get yourself in the way of Jesus. It's so important that you join a life group. It's so important that you try and come to church as regularly as you can. Spend time with Jesus regularly in your day in, day out. That's what you guys need to do who are being baptised. Because when you will face tough times. And it's about maintaining the right perspective of who God is. I'm going to pray. Father God, I thank you that no matter what our circumstances are today, you are still the same. You are good. God, I pray for the difficult circumstances that some of us might be facing. Lord, I pray you would give us your perspective on those. God, would you help us to, to metaphorically climb that tree and gain the perspective that you are offering. God, I thank you that you are about relationship. God, you're not about standing on a cloud far away and pointing at us, God, but you want to know us. You want to have a meal with us, God. You want to be in relationship with us. So God, I pray for my friends who, who might be thinking about signing up to Alpha and, and that kind of thing. God, I pray that if that's right for them, Lord, I pray that they would have the courage to do that. God, I thank you for the guys being baptised this morning. God, I pray that these next few moments will be really significant for their life. God, we thank you that you are good and you are able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Amen.